Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two one all right everybody well welcome to the gamekeeper studio welcome to west point mississippi home of mossy oak brand camo the gamekeeper studio and the mossy oak retail store oh man right down the road here they've got some really good uh, things that they're that, that they're building themselves that uh you need to check out you haven't been over there lately yeah, we're doing uh, building some direct products. So, uh, put some real thought into it. So that's a really good thing going on over there. Got kids stuff. Yeah, those kids. women's stuff. So. That's right. A lot of t-shirts. A lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Have I'm you got like, your Fox t-shirt yet? I have not. Yet. Man, those are cool. They are. And then the fabric feels so soft. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so I would encourage uh, everybody that gets a chance to, if you're within driving distance, to drive over to the store. If not, you can go to store.mossyoak.com and check it all out. Check it out. So, Good job, Bobby. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to so, so promote and support the enterprise. Right, good. I've always you. referred to it as the country store because, you know, we work for the company and we can go down there and get all our goods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is a company store. The country store. Yeah. But it, never mind. I thought you said You company. remember how it started out? I do, right? It was, when I when I came here to, yeah. to to interview, it was just a little, small, little corner yep. in the front of that building. And they had a bargain bin. Sure you know, did. This big wood bin full of bottom land and green leaf, what they would call seconds. You know, yeah. you know, I'm a second kind of guy. Well, you know, we all love that old stuff, and <laughs> yeah. I can just remember how much of that old stuff was in there. You know, and just I would just dig through it, dig through it. I think the first few months I worked here, I actually had to pay them because it was. Uh, Pretty bad deal. Yeah. yeah They've still got that deal upstairs where you can go look for bargains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closeouts. So how are you guys doing? Dudley, you look like you're well-rested and you look happy. Well, I'm not well-rested, but I'm glad that I look good. Are you happy? Um, I think I'll be happier when I get a turkey. No. Uh, I didn't say anything about you looking good. I just said you looked happy. Well, I know I look good. Maybe it's just- <laughs> <laughs> he's got a face for radio. You know that. Yeah. So, Dudley, did did, uh, did you miss another turkey? I don't know if we've talked about it. Or we not. haven't. No, no. Yeah, I missed number two. I think you you, you kind of jinxed yourself at the beginning of the year if there is such a thing because you said I had one year where I missed three turkeys and I hadn't missed a turkey besides that, and then you started out missing mm-hmm. a turkey, and now you've missed two. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Have you got to, uh, we need to go though. When you get, I do. Not. I do have an excuse now. Okay, 
I just got back from the eye doctor, and my I have a stigmatism in my right eye that oh. I did not know about. That could be good. <laughs> That's a good, you know, you got to have good eyesight to shoot. What is a stigmatism? I, I think it's kind of like everything's out of focus. It's not just like a certain distance or whatever. Do you think it's affecting your depth depth, depth perception? Like it's affecting something because when I look down the barrel at that bead, I can't. It's either the bead or the turkey. It's never both. Hmm. Interesting. Well, this has been an odd season, and I mean, just yesterday, I, I well, I'm hearing more whippoorwills than that. I mean, it. You're starting to hear yeah. those everywhere. Well, those whippoorwills were cutting up the other morning. Right? They were, it, it can also be a season. Chuck Will's widow. Oh, There's yeah. two species down here. Which one's bigger? They kind of look the same. About the same size. We saw two, I'm going to say they were whippoorwills based yeah. on the sound they were making, but they were obviously, he was looking for a breeding Yeah, he was trying to secure a breeding opportunity. There was definitely a breeding pair. We also saw a breeding pair of mallards, if you'll recall that, yeah, too. They, Landed they, in the middle of a clear cut. They did. It's kind of interesting. I've got a pair of wood ducks in my backyard in a tree. Huh. Well, Not in a, a nesting box. Are they in a, there, so there's a cavity. And, and I live cavity. on top of a hill. Huh. There's a lot of wood duck activity in the river bottom, I can tell you that right now. Mm. Well, they look up. for cavity, and they're historical cavities. I yeah. mean, if they, I bet you've had wood ducks in there before. I wouldn't know, but this is the first time I've noticed. Right. I was in a wood duck heavy spot the other morning, and I watched as a hawk tried to catch a pair of wood ducks on the water. Pretty amazing. Mm. He didn't get them. Mm. I mean, right before he got to them, they boom, they dove, and then they popped out of the water. Probably eighty yards, and I don't. They came out of the water and took took wing as soon as they came out of the water, and they were gone. This is an amazing creature. I love that duck. Imagine always, you know, something always trying to eat you. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah we don't true. have that problem. No, we don't. I'm trying to eat everything I see. So when I'm seeing <laughs> some honeysuckle blooming too, you start to get the so. smell. Mm. But I didn't smell it. I just saw it. So. Yeah. You know, usually that's kind of a trigger that it's getting close to the end. Say it's not so. Mm-hmm. And we still got another week and a half here. What do you um, think the number one cause of missing turkeys is? I know I'm going back to missing turkeys. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's Russian and Russian. probably not getting down on the barrel. Russian, yeah. not German. Do what now? Russian, not German. <laughs> hey! I like it. You know, Dad, like Cleveland is on the ball today. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd it go, Cleveland? Dad, <laughs> Dad joke of the week. <laughs> had, y'all, had y'all prepared? No, that was straight off the cuff. No, okay, good. So, yeah, my excuse about my eye, it, I was rushing it. It's, it's like I turn into a little kid and I, I can't function. Well, I think you've got, obviously, some eyesight issues, which, you know, would – Tend to make you rush a shot. I think the primary people miss shot is because their cheek's not on the stock of the gun. So, mm-hmm. Or eyesight. Or maybe your glasses get fogged up. You ever had that, that Bobby? Oh, yeah, that happens. They just put so much pressure on you. Yeah. And you, you, and just, you, you were just trying to do everything right, and there he is, and he's looking at you. And, man, it's just a lot of pressure. And some people shoot the turkey instead of – I shoot the waddles. I don't know where, where y'all shoot. But. Yeah, no, I aim right where that fleshy part touches feathers. Touches feathers. And I always overthink everything and move. You know, both times if I just kept my gun barrel pointed with, you know, plan A direction – it worked out he, better. He, they would have come right in front of my barrel. That's never happened to me much. <laughs> so. I always think they're going to be right here, and they pop up to the side or something. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, so uh, the blood on the biologic, there have been a bunch of birds killed this week. And so I made a list, and they're almost in, in – in, they're all in different uh, states. So like Amber Watkins from the retail store. Yeah. 
She killed her first turkey in Tennessee nice. a few days ago. That's I awesome. That was really cool. She joined the Legion. Yeah, so Daniel and Neil both killed turkeys in Georgia. Georgia. They had a good trip. Now I think Riley like, Payne caught up with one over there too, didn't he? He did. did he? I'm just not bringing any attention to Riley. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he did. Poor Riley. I think, I think he, he, poor he Riley. snuck away when it was raining and nobody else wanted hey, look, to hunt and kill one. He's slick now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, if it has to do with killing something. Yeah, he's slick. Yeah, yeah he, he really is. Oh, Riley. Um, you know, Mikey Paradise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He killed On the board in the youth season, season in Ohio. So that's a young man to watch. I think it, he's, we're probably going to be seeing him in a college world series one day. They, they say, like to play ball. They say he's a heck of a baseball player. Baseball so. player. Yep. Good for him. So, uh, and Brittany Mackey killed one in Kentucky. So, yeah, the Mackeys have been tearing them up. Yeah, they have. Did you, what, what? Well, my, my buddy, Dr. Brad Lee. Uh, he's the archaeologist for the Chickasaw Nation. He got a bird the other day. On, uh, he just uh, got his own piece of land a couple years ago, been putting in the work, and it, it paid off. We need, you know, I want to have him this summer to eventually to be a guest and talk about artifacts and finding artifacts, great. what's legal and what's mm-hmm. not. He, he would be good. Yeah, he would. Yeah. We'll get yeah. him on. Yeah, so um, my daughter killed one in Mississippi last week. Oh, that was man. exciting. Yeah, it was man. a really good hunt, too. Yeah. We basically hunted all day. And then um, Will Hamino in Maryland killed a really big turkey. Nice. He, you know, that he is crazy about turkey hunting. He really is. He's and, a great guy. He's crazy about hunting. He really is. And America. And yeah, he is. He's a great patriot. I mean, when you're laying in the hospital and they ask you if you can meet one person, who's it going to be? And it's Toxie and Cuz. I mean, yeah. that guy's into turkey hunting right there. Yeah, That's so awesome. tell who Will is real quick. Uh, Will Hamino was one of the Port Authority um, uh, officers that was trapped under the rubble in the uh, when the Twin Towers got attacked. So, And was a survivor. Uh, they actually they made, made a movie, movie out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. How would you like to have a movie made about you and have uh, – uh, I mean, who was the movie star that they had play him? Wasn't it? Uh, oh, I can see him, but I can't remember yeah, his name. Big tall guy. Um, he's been in so many movies. Dudley, come on, help me out. Mac, I'm Mac not a Cage. movie guy. Fact, yeah. check, um, uh, uh, the fact check on that because I think it's Nicolas Cage. No, I'm he not, did not play Will Hamino. I, th- I think it might have been Nicolas Cage. No, you're wrong. Well, I've been 100% wrong. I've been, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong before, but uh, Sylvester Stallone, maybe. Yeah, well, well so we, <laughs> there we go. So before we get out of the blood on the biologic sex, has anybody been fishing? Well, we, we we're going to talk to Jason today, aren't you? Talking about blood on the biologic, Jason Hart. Yeah, he's completed a, our as our guest from yeah. Nomad, who has completed the quest of forty nine as of this week. Yeah. And he ended in my favorite place, one of my favorite places to turkey hunt, Mississippi and Alabama. I'll, I'll consider one. So. How about that? Michael Pena. Michael Pena, not Nicholas Cage. Okay, well, <laughs> I missed that one. He was in the movie. I knew he was in the movie. You're thinking about Con Air or something like that. Con Air was a great movie. <laughs> you ever seen Raising Arizona? I have seen it. That's, that's, the, best, that's yeah. the best one ever. <laughs> that's a great one. Okay, so well, yeah, so uh, uh, going to have heart in today. I think is Neil. Neil's going to come I, with him. I would imagine so. So Neil, when uh, Neil Hayes will be here, and Jason Art. You know, traveling and killing the turkey in all forty nine states is quite it's, an accomplishment. Takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, effort for sure. So, how many states do you think you've killed birds in? <sighs> Nothing. What about you? Kind of often. I'm a homeboy. I've I've killed one turkey in Kentucky. Yeah, 
Well, I counted mine up. I got nine. So, well, I've got one, two different states. Yeah. You consider Mississippi and Alabama one? No, that would be two states. That, that would be two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, bringing the long beard and the hat. This is how you're supposed to come in a gatekeeper studio right here, folks. Yes. How about that? That's what I'm talking I mean, about. That's what they look like, Bobby. Bring the bird in. Yeah. There it is. Flop him on the table there. Hey, man, why not? Yeah. Throw him down. What a beautiful bird. Good to see y'all, gentlemen. That looks, that's what they look like. Look Neil, at, will you take me hunting? Look at the hooks. <laughs> yeah. Yo, man. I just got some freaking MRI for me. That's awesome. That is awesome. We were just talking about you. Well, we've got chairs for you guys. Yeah, so Jason, come on in. Been the big chair. And right. we got you down here on the end. So, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just get. I tell you what, while everybody's sitting sitting down, we'll let Mac do his commercial. Right. So, with spring on our mind and and turkeys keeping us up at night, I want to talk about spring protein peas and antler genesis. Uh, oh, I think, antler genesis—that's a big word for it. I, I, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the one of the most important things is you know growing your deer and during this spring and summer months. I mean, it, we seem to forget about these months when it comes fall and winter, and I think it's a big deal. And, and spring protein peas is an easy way to you know help your deer during this tough time in the in the summer months when it gets hot and there's you know forages are coming up and we want to make sure our food's on the table and we've got enough groceries for our herd that's so exactly right. i want to talk about that well sure so the protein peas they're not very expensive per acre right and they're maybe they're, i don't know that there's anything easier to grow yeah that's what it, it strikes to me i mean even for me soybeans are a little bit intimidating i know we've got a great product i'm i'm not I mean, but I think for the guy getting started, you know, a little more economical, a little more ease of input, maybe not as – I'm not as technical a farmer as you are, Bobby, you know. Uh, There's nothing technical about what I do. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I was say, call somebody. <laughs> I can use a phone. I, I like them because deer eat on them all summer. Yeah. You can get tons of pictures, lots of scouting, watching them eat, and – Really easy to hunt over before those frosts hit, too. Sure. So it's, I mean, it's just, easy to grow, and they're super nutritious. Yeah. They're just kind of a no-brainer. If a guy's got a little opening, in the, I, I would highly encourage people to plant them in the spring and summer. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definite benefits. So we got spring protein pea and spring protein pea plus. That's right. When the plus is some uh, sunflowers and sargon. Yeah, that's right. What does that do? Is that as a good companion crop, doesn't it? How does yeah, they kind of climb on each other, but, you know, it's nice having those seeds, too. But, gotcha. but deer will eat sunflower. They love yeah, the, the Deer have eaten the, every sunflower I've ever planted in my life. <laughs> they do love them. That, that can be a problem. So, well, look, let's get started over here with Jason Hart. Golly. I mean, just walking in like a boss. Yeah, and slamming a long beard on the table. <laughs> Top of the morning, gents. Hey, that's yeah. how you do it right there. Did, you know, did you kill, is this yesterday? Stuff? Yeah, yeah, we got him last night. And uh, uh, obviously where we were in a remote part of Clay County, there's not much cell phone service. So, uh, anyhow, after we shot that turkey, we, you know, we took a few pictures and went back to the, uh, went back to the cabin and, had a pretty uh, had a pretty cool little celebration evening, and anyhow, I didn't feel like being on the phone and getting on social media and sending a bunch of text messages, and uh, so I just waited till we got here in town. So, uh, well, so yeah. How does it feel? This has been like a, uh, I mean, this is a, a pretty 
arduous uh, quest, I would say. Yeah, man. Well, hey, before we go down yeah, there, yeah. we, 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 we didn't introduce him. Well, I mean, he's, always, he's, like, he's been here his whole life. Yeah, you know? but I mean, you know, there's I mean, three or four people you, listening to this. And I we can't even make, make sure they all know. Oh, my bad. So, I mean, you blew the horns. It, it, well, yeah. Well, I mean, we, look, we're just, we're doing all kind of crazy stuff, and I'm hearing like some. Oh, well, oh, I'm still making coffee. coffee. Okay, okay, that's good. So, so let me introduce Jason. So, Jason Hart has been around here in various capacities for a number of years. Yeah, I thought he still worked here until yesterday. Oh, well. <laughs> so, I mean, I think he's been here twice, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a matter of fact, I have. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so uh, he, then, he, then he'll leave and then he'll come back. But one thing about Jason Hart, he loves Mossy Oak. Oh, yeah. And he's a big turkey hunter. And uh, we were trying to kind of, Jason. We always like to ha- ask a few trivia questions of our of, uh, of our guest, and we think about what is their sweet spot. And we and with you, it was Clemson football, yeah, and it was chicken wings, and yeah. it was uh, old mossy oak, yeah, and wild turkey. So. Um, it, somebody said bourbon, but we decided not to add that. Yeah, one. yeah. My, my mother's going to be listening to this, so she doesn't need to know my expertise in that uh, that topic. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and then we got Neil sitting over here. What's up, guys? Yeah. So, uh, look. Excuse my uh, my coffee break over there, Jason. I've been hard after the turkey side. So no, that's I okay. need all the coffee I can. Got to have the fuel, man. I get it. So what we're here to talk about is Jason was on a quest to kill a turkey in all forty nine states that have turkeys. And I think as of yesterday afternoon, he completed it. So, Jason, without any further ado, Lanny had a question. We'll just get right into this. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Y'all well, fire away. Well, oh, yeah. One of the trivia questions I was asking about. No, no. You asked well, him a question about how arduous it was. I just said I was going to ask how it felt. I mean, because this has not been like you've been working on it this season. This has been a commitment oh, you've made for years. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. and, and so I, it had to be like yesterday afternoon when it all came together. You know, it had to, you had to do a little reflecting, I guess. Man, I, literally, since, uh, you know, in the 12 plus, or 12 plus hours or 16 hours since it happened, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of reflection. And friends of mine that had, uh, that had killed one in every state. Um, I got a call from one of my buddies, Keith Alt, this week. He died done last year. He's like, man, you're going to feel crazy emotions, soak it all in. And yeah, man, it's special. I mean, every turkey that you harvest is special and you want to. Yeah. Revel it, but this whole experience about being in being in Mississippi and finishing this, and you know, at the birthplace of Mossy Oak, which I'm, you know, becomes become such a big part of my life. Yeah, man, it's been a crazy rush of emotions. It's been a, uh, it's been cool. It's been, uh, it's been definitely been different, but uh, tremendous amount of reflecting uh, uh, since last night. So, so it's been it, yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, a lot of people always have like a milestone or a bucket list. You know, it may be. Mount Everest or hiking the Appalachian Trail, and and this is no different. And uh, I'm not really sure what surreal means, yeah, but that, I, I think surreal, surreal is the right word I'm supposed to say. Man, that's what it's feeling like um, to me right now, for and sure. the thoughts and emotions, uh, you, I, I probably don't understand what you're going through uh, It's it's unless you've done it. Yeah. So how many people have done this? Well, you know, I, I think there's been. I think I'm I'm around maybe the 19th or 20th. Mm. Uh, you know, NWTF registers this, and there's a list of people that have registered. And I think there's nine people that have registered so far. But I know, uh, and my friend 
My friend Stephen Spurlock that has the Chasing 49 series has done some research, and there's a couple books. A guy's written two books about uh, about people that have done it, and I think I'd, I'd, I'd have to look it up. But there's been uh, been right around probably 20. There was uh, I think I think I'm the second person this year um, to finish it. There's a lot more doing it right now, um, but yes, yeah, um, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, it's something that uh, the people that have done it when I when I got serious, uh, you know about eight years ago and realized this is something I want to do before I die. I started researching all those people and found out what they did. And, you know, every single person comes from a different walk of life and has a different story and their journey is completely different. And, you know, some people have only hunted public land and lived in the back of their trucks and some people own their own companies are retired and are doing it. And, you know, my story is completely different from that. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's crazy. And I've, I've, I think I know, um, I personally know about five of the guys that have done it. They've been super supportive throughout the years and shot me places like, like, for example, hey, where can I shoot one in North Dakota or Vermont or Connecticut or whatever? And most of the guys that have done are pretty supportive of the others. And there's a lot more out there doing. I've got lots of now lots of friends. And, um, you know, obviously with when I started doing this, the Internet and the whole thing really wasn't that popular. But now with the Internet and social media and, uh, and it's a lot it's a lot easier to chase turkeys in every state than it was when I started turkey hunting. When mm-hmm. I didn't really, really know the whole thing existed, I guess, when obviously when when I first started, when I first shot my turkey in a second state, which would have been. Uh, which would have been 21 years ago. So wow, and and you had never killed a turkey in Mississippi until yesterday. No, this is the exclamation point on the point. no, and, okay. and 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 everybody. Hit, I've literally in the last two years, last year, everybody's. So I was like, well, I've got all these states left, and literally, I was sent, I'd send my list, and people were like, what states do you have? And it was like a list of 16, and then it was 13, and then 14. Everybody's like, man, you've never killed one in Mississippi? Yeah. He worked for Mossy Oak, and yeah, you got so many friends. I was like, well, I've missed one in Mississippi, so I fly <laughs> shot at one. <laughs> I airballed and missed one in Mississippi two years ago, and I'm like, it. I mean, it was, I was like, well. Hey, but look, you got to put the exclamation point on it absolutely. here in West Point. I mean, with the whole story, the whole story and the whole journey is just so cool, and, and ultimately, Neil, and Daniel and David Hawley, we were rooting on me because I had two days to hunt in Arizona last year. It was my next to last day. And the last day of the season in Arizona on public land, I wounded a turkey. I had a red dot malfunction, and then my gun did not cycle a shell. We're not mm. going to name that brand of gun. But yeah. long story short, if I'd, been, if I'd have been shooting a single shot with a bead, I'd have, I would have been hunting here March 15th. But it didn't. So the whole... You know, coming to Mississippi, which is ultimately probably one of the three toughest states I would think of that come to my mind to shoot a turkey in that's known for being hard. And then I get here, it's like, oh, man, apparently all my reports I've heard from Mississippi, even listening to y'all's podcast, is this not being a good season? And I said, well, maybe it'll just get cranked up late season. And when I got here a couple of days ago, I'm like, uh, it hadn't cranked up and it was no good news. And, uh, with that being said, this last Turkey was not a gimme by any means. And I think most people that have, uh, that, that, that knew I was coming here and hunting, um, uh, with my friends at Mossy Oak and hunting with the Hayes family had assumed that all the land that they hunt on are like petting zoos with Turkey. Shoot. And that <laughs> it might be the furthest thing from yeah. the truth. I'll be honest with you. Uh, 
Uh, Neil, I got to hunt with him for the first time, and I can tell you this much, he's an exceptional turkey hunter. Uh, and with that being said, he's younger than I am in way better shape, and he can way outwalk me. I want so, Jason to death. As of right now, is. my quads, my my calves, and my my glutes, and everything else that I don't think I've felt sore like this since high school football practice. So yeah, you got to cover some ground. We were, we were, we were hunting in river bottoms, you know, with mud up to the top of our boots, and then hills where we're climbing up and down hills. I mean, we were walking everything we could do and, and we really we couldn't find a turkey nah. anywhere we we the first morning we had a, a a decent hunt but it was an old turkey flew down and and just gave us a few courtesy gobbles going away and shut up and um that afternoon we went out and we found a turkey but he was on the neighbor uh that was monday afternoon and he was three four hundred yards gobbled seven or eight times but we really couldn't do anything with him so yesterday morning we walked all over the place walked jason to death we didn't hear a turkey hardly anywhere and we're starting to get a little little down and then mm-hmm. uh yeah so let's make some phone calls let's see if we can get some permission to hunt on that land where that turkey was yesterday afternoon because i knew who it was and and I've, there's always turkeys there it's a, it's a cow pasture on the south end of this property and there's always turkeys there but i've just never really asked permission I, you know i've always wanted to but i just never really did anyway so we called and got the guy on the phone and um we got permission to go out there yesterday morning and so yesterday afternoon we went and set up right where the turkey was gobbling yesterday and um or two days ago where he was gobbling was set up yesterday afternoon and sat there all afternoon no gobbles nothing and we we're starting to think well maybe maybe it's just not going to happen and all of a sudden we hear some wings flying and hear the, the turkeys flying out into the field and lands like 100 yards away we're like well yeah there he is literally <laughs> flew into the field flew, flew into, into the field. field i don't know if he came from a tree or whatever we hear wing beats and all oh. of a sudden this long beard i see him in midair and lands in the afternoon Oh yeah. yeah! Oh, I was this a slick was, one. This is seven o'clock. He was bad, and man. literally he yeah. looked. And as soon as he landed, he gave us the thousand yard stare and was looking right at us, <laughs> dead at us. He heard that and he box took, call. He took one step, yeah. on. Yeah, I hit the box call. I don't know three, five minutes before, and literally he flew into the field and landed and stared at us and did. <laughs> and literally, I thought he was just going to turn the other way, and he took one step and he took another. And you were took, doing the old please. Oh <laughs> my gosh! And I, we were caught. We were in the worst setup, and Neil probably thought I was the worst turkey hunter ever because we we had to sit in a thing where we were on a we were on a uh, almost like a uh, an old pine uh, kind of a ditch, and we were sitting with our feet down a ditch, and I couldn't get comfortable. My right leg started going numb all afternoon, and I'm squirming the whole time. I'm moving, and I think Neil's singing. We spooked every turkey. And <laughs> you would have thought Jason had like a kidney stone or something. Man, <laughs> rolling around dude, the I ground. I apologize, man. I just can't get comfortable. My legs keep falling asleep, and man, it was just we weren't. You know, it was not traditional setup with your knees up against a tree on a gun. My gun was right on my lap facing forward, and when he landed, I'm like, uh oh, there he is. I got to get to my gun, and I had three. There was three pine trees he had to walk past. And the first pine tree, I eased my hand down on my gun. And second pine tree, I got my grip around it. And he kept walking. And it just came down to it. Finally, he stopped in the gap. And Yeah, he he knew something was up. He was doing the wing tug. Yeah. yeah. He was not going to get any closer. And It was an hour and ever. Tell you a little story. Uh, so Jason, one of Jason's uh, best friends, um, Passed away in 2013, and that guy, his family gave him his favorite turkey hunting gun, and he could give you a little more backstory on it. But 
that's the gun he wanted to finish the slam with. And yesterday afternoon, when he shot that turkey, I knew the turkey was a long way. And I didn't even think Jason was going to take the shot. And he drew on him, and he shot and steamrolled this turkey. And I walked out there, and I said, Jason, I think you had a little help from the other side on this one, buddy. Yeah, I well, probably did. That's a good story. Yeah. Well, it was. A, story. And you, you knew him. Uh, my friend that he's mentioning is James Guthrie. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah, Guthrie was uh, my roommate. We we met when we worked together at the Quality Deer Management Association. I know he had a lot of work with y'all during that time. And because yeah. uh, Mossy Oak was the first ever sponsor of QDMA. And yeah. we, we were roommates. We went to work together the same day and ended up becoming best friends. And you know, he uh, he died at too young of an age, and this whole uh, this whole quest after he died is when I realized, man, life's short. If you want to do something in life, you better do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the inspiration, and it was funny. I, you know, I collect turkey guns. I've got I've got a crazy amount of turkey guns, and I collect all the old vintage mossy oak guns that uh, that have become so popular and been doing it for ten plus years, and. Neil texts me, he's like, what kind of gun are you going to bring to Mississippi? And I got thinking about it about a month ago. I'm like, man, I don't know. I said, maybe I'll bring one of them old Greenleaf 870s, this, that, the other. And, and then it hit me. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I need to bring Guthrie's gun. So, yeah, so, yeah it was pretty special. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful awesome. gun. It's a it's a forest floor uh, 870. I know, Laney, that's your favorite. Oh, yeah, man. It's a jam right there, boy. It's a beautiful yeah. gun. Don't yeah. set it down. That, you might not find right. it again. <laughs> <laughs> the gun was actually dipped by a former uh, guy you had on a podcast. Jim Crumley dipped that gun. Oh, that- oh wow. Oh, even more special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there's a lot of, a lot of people. Per, part of my life were, were were part of that hunt yesterday. So, well, congratulations. That, yeah, that's that was awesome. Great story. And uh, and you mentioned that you killed your first turkey 21 years ago. Is that did I get that? No, nah, right? no, that was my second state. No, I killed my first turkey uh, when I was 17. So that was in South Carolina. I killed my first turkey. Happened to be two in one shot back when it was legal in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I was 17 years old, so that would have been uh, show my age 26 years ago. So when did Time you flies, mm-hmm. it? officially start this quest? You know, I don't uh, officially, and I, I'm gonna tell the story. I, I, I told I told Neil, I, I never really even thought of it. I knew that I got invited. I knew about the Grand Slam growing up, and thought it was cool, and I wanted to kill all these different subspecies and travel. And I got an opportunity, and really lucked in to killing my first Osceola. Uh, as soon as I graduated college with some good friends on just a fluke last minute invite on spring break going to the Bahamas and a buddy's dad said, hey, you want to go kill an Osceola? I'm like, absolutely. And then I went back to my, my, my the state I was born in, West Virginia, on some of my family's land and killed a bird in West Virginia. And when I was there in West Virginia, killed a bird on my Uncle Wayne's farm. This is about 2001. And this is kind of the first thought that there's turkeys all over. Is I, I took this really big bird. It's still one of the best turkeys I've killed to this day to this taxidermist on Samarico Mountain in West Virginia. I mean, this old out in the middle of nowhere and went down this back road and the guy had turkey memorabilia all outside and the guy was obviously huge eat up with turkey hunting and he had this big boulder outside his taxidermy studio that had an American the state of uh, an outline of America painted and he painted in all the states that he killed turkeys and he had like six or seven states like Texas and Florida I'm like man that's so cool wouldn't it be cool to keep track of every state I've killed him in two states now you know I didn't think much of it and then you know getting in the hunting industry uh you know, I had the opportunity. All of a sudden, I, 
um, you know, back when, when customer hunts and things like that were more prevalent. And, you know, I, I met friends that were in the industry from other states and they'd invite me turkey hunting. And I think the first time was I was in Kansas and I was with my buddy Guthrie and we were on a hunt that we just decided to go on by ourselves. We booked this hunt, ended up in Kansas and both he and I killed our, our first Kansas turkeys together. It was his first Rio. And, uh, I was like, man. I said, we just killed a turkey in another state. What states have you killed them in? And he's like, well, I think that's number six. And I was like, man, wouldn't that be cool to kill one in every state? And, you know, and I didn't really, it really wasn't a thing. And then, um, you know, when, when I guess it was, uh, I read an article. There was a gentleman uh, by the name of Clyde Metz that my mother, my mother mailed me a newspaper article when I was in college. I remember this. She mailed it. She clipped it out of our Somerville Journal scene newspaper that a, a local guy killed a turkey in every state. A guy by the name of Clyde Metz, and he's since passed away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that just be something cool? And I, it never was like a goal or a dream, and never a thought that it was something I could accomplish. You know, and I was a college kid and had maybe been to five states in my life, and you know, then all of a sudden my career, uh, you know, kind of transformed and throughout my career i've done something on a national level where i've met people in every state and mm-hmm. and then finally you know when when my buddy guthrie died i said you know what I, i've got the opportunity i've got the connections through the hunting industry with somebody just about everywhere i could figure it out and then you know getting involvement with the national wild turkey federation and meeting people and you know through you know being a sales manager and having sales reps like man i every time i'd go on a I'd travel upstate like Oregon. I'd be like, what's the turkey hunting like around here? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go on a business trip and I'd pre-scout and I'd meet people, be like, hey, if you want to kill a turkey here, you can come here. You know, I, um, uh, this is kind of how it started. But, you know, really until his death, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't pursue it or put it as a goal. And when he died, I added it up. I'm like, man, why not? I'm going to do it. You only live once and yeah. life's short. And that, that you know, unfortunately, his untimely death made me realize that. My own morality, I'm like, man, I get hit by a train tomorrow. So why not? You only yeah. live once. And that was, you know, at the time, I I think I'd only probably killed about, you know, 13, 14 turkey states at that time. And mm-hmm. uh, I said, you know what? And it. Uh, well, I know this bird. I can just tell this bird, you're going to mount this bird. Yeah. And uh, how many of the 49 have, have, do you have a whole bunch of mounted turkeys somewhere? Well, I do. I got well, I got a turkey taxonomy problem. I just <laughs> I just bought I just bought them. I'm a new homeowner for the first time. I finally am uh, my settling down. Yeah. I know yeah, exactly. Saying how I bought a log cabin, I already, already realized I, I I probably got enough room for my mounts. I got a bunch of them, and then my buddy Mike Tussie's lodge in South Florida. He's got a bunch of my mounts. I got a bunch of them. But um, I, crazy enough, I, I keep tail fans, and I've got I've at least got the I've got the tail fans from a turkey from every state I've killed one in, except New York, because uh, I mounted that bird because it was such a cool, special monster of a turkey. So yeah, mm. so I got tail. I got to at least a tail fan, tail fan beard and spurs from every single state, and I'm gonna now. Now that I'm, I'll have a little more time on my hands, I'm gonna <laughs> figure out how to display yeah. them without being, you know, absolutely. Yeah, without looking like a taxidermy studio. So. You're gonna have, it's going to be tough with 50 of them. Yeah, now that you're like, you know, Forrest Gump, I think I'll go home now. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what's the next step? You just yeah. going to keep hunting or you got, you got a new goal or? You know what? There's a lot of people have asked me that. I'm like, you know what? I'm, maybe I need to. T- Pick up golf, I guess. <laughs> nah, probably not. I'm not going to. You know, it's. I, I've thought about that a lot, and, I, and and people have asked me. It's like, man, I, 
Everybody's like, are you going to do it again? I'm like, I got no desire whatsoever. But truthfully, this whole U.S. slam has been fun. The journey's been awesome. But my biggest regret since I started it has not been able to go back to camps with friends that I just love being in and time with friends and family. You know, I've lost that I can't go back and hunt with my family on my home turf in South Carolina. Like, I haven't killed turkey in South Carolina this year, and I'm on all these hunting clubs, and I've got so many friends and so much family that I want to spend time with hunting, and people that I've that are that want to get into hunting that I can introduce them into hunting, and the only the negative side of that of this U.S. Slam has been that's taken time away, and I've missed out on a lot of great camps and a lot of great invites that I would go to every year if I wasn't going. You know, I've got a, for example, I got a good friend in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Jim Catino, and I used to go to his. Me and Tommy Teague, Mossy Oak, we'd go to his. He'd invite us to turkey camp every spring. In the last five springs, it's always like one weekend that. I'm going to Nevada or going to Rhode Island. I'm like, sorry, I got to go chase turkeys in Connecticut, you know. And you know, now I can go do that, and I don't have to worry about shooting a turkey. I don't, you know, if I'd never shoot another turkey again, yeah, I'm gonna be content. And it's, you know, what you might can find you a wife now. Ooh, <laughs> well, that's an option too. Yeah. So we've well, been yeah. working on that for for Lil Wayne over there. I mean, we could add, we could, we could put a listing in game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a very eligible bachelor, so without a doubt. Nice. Now, now I got time on my. I can, <laughs> I can break a cabin. I can break away from turkey hunting and take a lady out on a date. There so. we go. Well, let us think about this because we're helping uh, David McElwain over here. Well, with, absolutely. And, and, we're going we're gonna to create that singles listing in the, in yeah. the Gamekeeper magazine. Yeah, we're yeah, going to do that yeah, for you as well. Absolutely. I'm, I know my family would be happy about that. So. <laughs> well, I can't imagine, uh, you know, a married guy doing this. No, no, it's, it's definitely not. And I'll be honest yeah. with you, it has, um, you know, obviously been a single man, but I'm very much like girls. And it is literally, yeah, there's no telling what kind of relationships that I have lost in the last 20 years because of turkey hunting. But I know it's, yeah, there's a few of them out there that, uh, that yeah, that, uh, that, that did not appreciate my, uh, my, my, my turkey hunting uh, passion and goals and things like that. And, you know, fortunately, I haven't lost a job because of it yet. But yeah, was I was getting a little there. nervous this week when my coworkers <laughs> called me up. They're like, uh, you might need to come back to the office soon. And I was like, man, we, I'm, I'm getting a little pressure. To, <laughs> even though it is the slowest time of year as far as hunting industry sales. And it's a great yeah, it time to... Fortunately, turkey season comes in great because it's after trade show seasons that typically I'm selling product for the fall. And so it's really a great, really, if there's a downtime of the year for our business, it's right now. And it's, uh, well, I know we take full advantage of it. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell y'all, uh, a cool story from last night. Uh, so y'all are familiar with the, the barrel of bourbon that we did with Jefferson Reserve. Yeah. Uh, 206, 208 bottles, I think. What, you know, it was aged from the wood, from the mossy oak tree. Uh, just a really cool deal. And I think there's 206, 208 bottles and they're all numbered one through whatever. So yesterday afternoon, we're coming out from turkey hunting and this is I, and, spooky weird. And I asked Jason, I said, how, uh, how many turkeys have you killed now in your life? And he's documented everyone. He's got a spreadsheet. He said, I've killed 189 turkeys. This is the number 189. So, wow, that's cool. You know, so we go back to the camp. And we do a toast, Daniel and Jess and Vanya there, and and we do a toast with, and we all have a glass of the mossy oak bourbon, and Jason gives a toast, finishing a slam and all that. And Daniel says, "Hey, I want to give you this bottle. You can use it for the mound, whatever." He said, 
I don't know if it's any significance, but it's bottle number 189. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> I had no clue that Jason had just told me that. So does this number have any significance? And I just looked at Neil's, and I, I, at Neil, my eyeballs got as big as saucers, and I was speechless, and it's like, whoa. Hey, that's cool he just turned right and looked there. at me with that dead stare. Serious. Just, did you just hear what he said? <laughs> yeah, so I was just like so enamored that the Hayes brothers would offer, because I'm familiar with this bourbon and what it was. is aged in, you know, aged oh, in a boy. barrel that was made from the, uh, you know, made from the mossy oak tree that this whole, you know, the name of this brand was started. And, you know, the fact that we could toast the bird, uh, you know, to that was super special. Pretty cool. And then, you know, Daniel gave me the bottle. He's like, I want you to have this amount with the turkey. It's like, oh, man, this is way cool. And he's like, man, here's the number. This is bottle number 189. Does this mean anything to you? And I'm like, oh, wow. That's It was, that's it was really literally the, the bottle. It was just like most of the bottles are stockpiled in an undisclosed location. But that bottle was just. It was just randomly. Just that was the there. bottle that was at the camp. Yeah. And he just picked it up and said, yeah. 189 mean anything to you? As a matter of fact, yeah, it that's, does. Yeah. that's number 189. That old bird right there is. Oh, 189. Wow. <laughs> so, that is crazy. So, Jason, uh, now uh, Nomad, is you, you, it, you what is your role at Nomad? Well, I am I'm the co-founder of the Nomad and Hook Brands. And my, my job title since we started the company has changed about a dozen times. And now... I'm just focusing on the Nomad brand. So my, t- gen- my title's general manager of the Nomad brand. So. And, and that is some fantastic hunting gear, but specifically turkey hunting gear. Well, absolutely. You know, we've, uh, you know, obviously, very selfishly, we got, we started out as a whitetail brand. That was the the goal. And my business partners were like, hey, you turkey hunt, we got to start a turkey brand. And so as we were starting, you know, I was, I, I, my, my role in the company had been in sales and a little bit marketing, but uh, when we started the turkey brand, they pretty much let me become the product line manager to decide what we wanted. So, you know, I'd be a part of all the design input and all the product design. And, uh, and you know, as the company evolved and things uh, to, to where they are now, you know, I'm uh, now that the, the, uh, I, I basically have my hand in every aspect of the business. And, and yeah, we, um, we've, we've done a really good job on the turkey side. And we are, um, you know, we got new stuff coming out this fall. We're expanding into waterfowl for the first time and expanding into more Western and, you know, a lot of technical. So it's going to change a lot in the next six months, what you'll see and what's been out there in the past. I was, I was not happy with a lot of the products we've had in the past. And I'm, uh, you know, our, our, uh, Devin Sweeney, who is the best product person I've ever worked with, is our, his titles our EVP of merchandising and product for the company, and he has all the hook product and all the Nomad product. And he tells people in the presentation, he says, "If, if Jason Art's my hardest critic on anything on the hunting side, if he doesn't like it, he's going to tell him." And that's that's how I am. And that's you know, if I've, we hunt in the stuff, we hunt in the products, and you know the turkey vest we've redesigned. We got a turkey vest. So I've redesigned four or five, six times. And mm. No, everybody has got personal ideas about turkey vest. Everybody's like, I don't like this pocket. I don't like that pocket. This, that, the other. And so I listen to a ton of feedback. I get on the turkey forums, and man, sometimes it hurts my feelings when people trash stuff so bad because <laughs> you know, these products are my baby. But then I hunt in them, and when I have a flaw. I certainly let everybody in par- as part of it. Like we can't go forward with this product. So, but it's really fun, and it's just trying to. We're just always trying to come up with something new and what's out there. And it's tough to come up with new. I mean, obviously, being the gamekeepers clothing line, y'all know what it. You know, and then, mm-hmm. and in addition to consumer, one thing that's tough about selling apparel and making a living in apparel, I tell people is that 
everybody's an expert on clothing because every single person wears clothing every day of their life. And they think that, hey, I like a shirt like this. I love this. And, you know, everybody's an expert in clothing. So you hear it from the consumers. You hear it from the buyers. You hear it from everybody. And if you make something that the sleeves are a little too long or a button is not quite right, you're going to hear about it. And so, um, you know, I take I take a, a lot of the constructive criticism I hear to heart and we 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 put it to use. And I'm not scared to tell our team, hey, we sold – 5,000 units of that, but I don't like it, and I'm not going to hunt in it, and we're going to kill it, and we're going to rebuild it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, you know. a, that's a great attitude, and it, it, it really is a tough thing. We put the zippers on the wrong side of our jackets one time. Oh, gosh. And we didn't know it. We started selling But So what I've been impressed with this year is I yeah, we told everybody they were European jackets. So I've actually got one in here. So uh, the you guys brought back the old mossy oak shadow leaf this year. Yes. That looks so good in the pat on the clothes that I've seen it on. Yeah, I tell you what, it really does. It's been really cool for us, and that was something that was in in the process for a while. We brought back green leaf, and green leaf's ultimately my favorite turkey hunting pattern by far, and it sold really well. But folks want new stuff. They want something new, even though Shadow Leaf's not new. It was released in 1997. And I wore Shadow Leaf and I started reading. I had more people be like, man, can you bring back Shadow Leaf? Can you bring back Shadow Leaf? And I was, I got invited to turkey hunt in Louisiana two springs ago um, by a buddy of mine who's actually chasing a turkey in all 49 states named Hunter Lemoyne. And he was the, I mean, incredible turkey hunter. One of the best turkey callers ever. I think he's won a Louisiana state champion. And he was wearing his granddad's old shadow leaf bucket hat. And I'm like, man, that thing looks cool. He's like, and he's got a big, thick Cajun accent. He's like, bro, you need, y'all need to bring back the shadow leaf, man. It works so good down here in the swamps, Louisiana. I'm like, man, I, that would be cool. There's, I mean, because vintage patterns in, in the turkey world are turkey hunters, uh, the whole the whole vintage idea and vintage cat. Turkey hunters like the old stuff. And sure. I'm the like, origins. man, that's, that's it. You know, there was, you know, we we he, we dabbled in all the different monster patterns we had. And so, you know, we as a company went to, uh, you know, went to. Went, came to Mossy Oak and Chris Paradise like, man, we want to bring back Shadow Leaf. And it it took a while. And turns out that back when Shadow Leaf came out in 1997, it was just printed on cotton products. Mm-hmm. So obviously the technology printing on cotton in 1997 is way different than the technology printing on new synthetic fabrics in 2021. So Mossy Oak, crazy as it sounds, Mossy Oak didn't have computer files from 1997 that can convert and the whole technology there's a lot more as y'all know but the average consumer does not realize how much goes in to making a camouflage pattern and printing it and actually taking the concept from a computer screen to a finished good so that took a lot a lot it took a lot of work and you know we saw images of what's the new shadow leaf the, the one that had been designed to to print on performance we're like oh my gosh that looks good we want to have it and uh all of a sudden the sample started coming in and like this stuff looks good and the first time i wore it i got turkey hunt down in mexico and it's obviously the jungle yucatan peninsula but it's like the, like the woods are getting now dark green and man, it just you dis it makes it disappear. And then we hunted in Florida, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Then I was in the Cedars in Texas earlier, and I'm like, this stuff just it works good. So, you know, obviously Greenleaf and Bottomland are real close to my heart and my personal favorites. But with that being said, that 
turkey blood does look good on that new shadow. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> well, Lane, you had a question for him, uh, kind of a little trivia that was, uh, we think we might could stump him up on, don't we? Uh, maybe, maybe. I listened to Neil and Daniels, and I nailed all of those. Yeah, uh, that, that was, we don't, I don't think we're going to stump him by Huh. It's tough to get it's tough to get one by heart. We'll yeah. see. Well, look and throw Neil in on this one too. Well, right. you know Neil might correct me, you know, because I've been around here a long time, and sometimes <laughs> well, I, you need correct. I think I know things, and they might not be known. So not you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I'll go with it till I'm corrected, though. So, uh, you know, Jason, we have a lot of things in common. Obviously, getting started in the industry, uh, one of the things we have in common is. Uh, that your favorite way to prepare turkey is to marinate it in pickle juice. Absolutely, it let is. me tell you what—that's my favorite way too. Turkey fillet? Uh, no, nah, I, I do it in nuggets. Yeah, yeah, nuggets as well. well yeah, that, Chick fil A. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of Chick fil A style. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, then another one, you know, obviously, uh, just a couple things we got in common is, uh, you know, one of his the guys that influenced him to get into hunting is uh, not only he's talked about Jim Crony, but there's another guy. And I have a big affinity towards him too. And I don't even think yet, yet many people know this. Rambo. Yes. Probably the whole reason that I got into hunting was because Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, the Rambo movie. Everybody wanted that compound bow. Me too. Absolutely. <laughs> I did not. I, I did not. My, you know, my 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 father. Um, I was telling Neil today. My you know, my father passed away when I was twelve, but he was born in nineteen thirty eight in West Virginia. There weren't any animals in West Virginia in nineteen thirty eight. They were wiped out. So he didn't grow up hunting. He grew up fishing. He lived out. He grew up in the middle of, you know, in backwoods Lincoln County, West Virginia. But there wasn't nobody hunted that was born in the thirties there because there was not animals to hunt you know conservation wasn't a thing and it so but yeah anyhow so it, when i was growing up as a kid in somerville south carolina the rambo movie came out i thought it was the coolest thing ever yeah and then rambo <laughs> 2 came out and he had this compound bow and i'm like oh my gosh well, gotta have one well both my mom and dad were big big bookworms and there was a the bookstore in my hometown of somerville called the book bag and a shopping center and they'd take me and they were get they'd read they'd look at books and i'd be in the magazine section and when rambo came out i saw Rambo magazines and I was looking at it and there was an ad for a Hoyt bow and I'm like oh my gosh you can buy these I'm like mom here's Rambo's bow I gotta have one <laughs> so anyhow then we found out we so th that led me to the bow hunting section so I'm picking up the archery magazines I didn't think about bow hunting but all the archery magazines there were bow hunting connected I'm like man this is really cool look at all these animals so you know I'm you know like eight nine ten years old you know not even ten years old eight I mean, eight years old, and yeah, that was it. And then, so, I mean, this is so weird, but I did not grow up around hunting, and that's the weirdest influence is that if it were not for Rambo, Rambo. too, I probably, I, there's no telling. And I, that's I might how I got like into a, bow hunting. I mean, I did grow up in a hunting family, but it wasn't a bow hunting. I might be like a golfing engineer instead yeah. of a hunting salesman or something. That's you know? the kind of story I like to hear. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. totally off the wall. Yeah. yeah. So, it's great. That, that just prefacing for the question, you know, and I know obviously everybody here has a huge affinity for bottomland, you know, and we know a lot of stuff about bottomland. I'm, and Neil's probably going to correct me here, but I don't know if everybody knows exactly what the three colors in bottomland are named. I think everybody's real familiar with one of them, uh, but not with the other two. And I can go multiple choice with this. Should I go multiple choice here? How are you? I think. Or are How you, are you thinking of it? I, I'm, All right, concerning the PMS color tone? No, 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 not the Pantone colors, what we call them. Yeah. Um, we know one of them is dirt. Yeah. Dirt. So. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, it's dirt, sticks, and leaves. Ooh, pretty close. Ah, dirt, bark, and leaves. 
dirt, bark, and branch. Branch. Yeah, I struck out. Uh, she stumped me. <laughs> you got me, Laney. That's, that's pretty, a tough one. That's a tough one. on that one. If it makes you feel any better, Bobby didn't I, know I, it either. I didn't well, get it either. I, I didn't know. I, I knew dirt and bark. I did not know branch. I've always yeah. called the black branch. Uh, wait you know, a minute. You've always called. I'm sorry. I don't think that's officially. I've been, been here called. longer than you have. Well, maybe. <laughs> I just well, never like Neil said it. I mean, just because what you, you call, call it, it something, I call it, I call it black, I call it black gray, shadow. brown. Ah, there it shadow. Is. No, I don't. I don't shadow know. What didn't the black come part. Shadow didn't come on the scene until Shadow Branch and Shadow Leaf and Shadow Grass. Do we need to text Toxie about I just, this? I just don't think the black part of Bottomland is called Branch. I don't think it's called Branch. Okay, but it could. We'll be settle wrong. this. We're gonna have to get Toxie in here, I guess. Or maybe do we need to? Yeah, uh, Mac, you have Dad's number. You might want to fact check this one real quick. He just shot a turkey about thirty minutes ago, so. You know, if you he can get him, you still. can get him on the phone. Nah, that's a great big question. Yeah, he, he yeah. just called me before I walked in. He called up a turkey for uh, Rodney Johnson, his first Alabama turkey, and then nice. And then about twenty minutes later, he said, "Well, I just shot one too." And called up another. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so yeah. look, uh, what what about? I mean, you think about those while we're waiting to get the boss on the phone here. That'd be great if you could, Mac. No pressure at all. But so. Thinking about these 49 states, I mean, then there's, you know, the like you mentioned, the Connecticut's and the Rhode Island. Some of that probably had to be pretty tough. But can you think of a, one of the hunts that just really stands out in your mind? And maybe it's what all you had to go through to actually get on the ground. Man, there's lots of them. I mean, it's uh, I, I can go over and over. It's like, you know, a state like Rhode Island, driving around neighborhoods around million dollar houses looking for turkeys and like uh, yeah it was not <laughs> pretty crazy not ideal or like connecticut i literally drove to connecticut after shooting a turkey in michigan with a lead on public land and i'm driving around public land and i'm striking out and i call a, a co-worker of mine pete angle says man you ought to hit up peter at mossberg shotguns he knows guys that might have turkey dirt all of a sudden, my phone rings. He'd called a guy in Western Connecticut and said, where are you? I said, I'm in Lyme, Connecticut, driving around, yelping at turkeys. He goes, well, you want to come and shoot one of my turkeys? I got them in my yards in the morning. I live <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere by State Forest. I'm like, well, yeah. He says, they're on my farm. He goes, what time do you turkey hunt? I'm like, you got to do it first thing in the morning. He goes, well, you better get in your truck and get here right now. So I literally packed all my stuff up and drove three hours because I got a lead in Connecticut. And I got Connecticut. And I got a lead from a, a former a guy doing his U.S. slam on a on an Indian reservation in North Dakota that I didn't know anything about. And got in touch with this Native American uh, that hooked me up. And all of a sudden, we shot two. We were driving around and. He lit his sage for good hey, luck, yeah. and turkeys ran in front of us. And next thing you know, I'm I'm yelping at I'm yelping at five strutting Merriams on this mountainside, and I hear birds gobbling behind me that don't sound like the birds on that in front of me. They sound different. They sound like Easterns. And all of a sudden, two Eastern wild turkeys come up. I turn around and shoot two Eastern wild turkeys while I was looking at Merriams, mm. and then my Native American friend walks up and I said, "Man, I'd like to go." To South Dakota, he goes, okay, my grandmother has a place there. Next thing you know, I've killed four turkeys in one day in North Dakota and South Dakota. Wow. You know, day, my buddy Larry Rankin, who works for Duck at Roz, was living in uh, New Hampshire, and we were trying to kill a New Hampshire turkey. And we hunted three hard days in New Hampshire. We finally got a bird done in New Hampshire right off the roost. And he says, man, you want to buy a license? You got a few hours to hunt Massachusetts. I was like, absolutely. So we'd go. 
10 minutes down the road and we're set up on a blind in Massachusetts and I think you can only hunt till noon and finished the turkey. Golly. Five minutes before. Got two turkeys in one. Yeah, so it's just crazy stuff. Two for, states in one day. Twice. Yeah, he had done that twice and that just random and then, you know, other other times like, you know, I had a, a hunt booked in, in uh, New Mexico to go for New Mexico but uh, I had an extra day and a half to kill and I knew I needed Oregon. So I hit up Perry Crimmins, who's the Mossy Oak Western Pro Staffer. I'm like, hey, man, I got a day and a half free. Can I, do you think I can get a turkey in a day and a half in Oregon? He's like, we'll try. And, you know, he picks me up at the airport one in the morning. We kill turkey by 6 a.m. And I'm flying to New Mexico and landing in New Mexico. And little did I know when I was landing, it was the start of a blizzard. And mm. I had to sit in a hotel room in Raton, New Mexico for two and a half days. And finally, I thought the snow thawed quick enough to go out to the ranch. I had permission to hunt. And driving out there, I got my, my rental truck stuck, <laughs> got out in the snow on the middle of a hard road up to my waist. They had to plow me out of there, and we had to wait another five hours for the sun to beat down. And then I go out, and it's crazy enough, find two turkeys and kill two turkeys. And you know, I got stories like that. That oh my gosh, I got the state done in a day, and it was just pure luck. And then I've got other states like Indiana. I hunted in Indiana seven days on public land, grueling. And finally, the last day that I had to hunt, I got lucky. And that was a hunt where I went there with to hunt public land and had guys come in on them on, on public land and just. It was, you know, it was right when COVID was going nuts and there were, everybody was on everybody state forest. Yep. And man, there were hunters all over me. And I was calling this long beard and somebody ran a gobble shaker and bird completely went right to the gobble shaker tube. Some guy came 75 yards from me and shot That sounds the like every one of my hunts. <laughs> and you know what? And all of a sudden shit at Mossy Oak texts me. He's like, how are you doing, Indiana? I'm like, man, I'm struggling. He's like, well, I got a friend. So I, next thing you know, I get in touch with his friend. He's like, well, I got a friend. Next thing you know, a guy that didn't know me from Adam is taking me turkey hunting on 80 acres. He has permission, and we have no luck. Next thing you know, his father-in-law is like, hey, there's some public land two hours from here that's got turkeys. Tell him he can't ever come back here ever again. He might <laughs> yeah. have luck. Three days later, I got Indiana Longbeard, so it's just crazy. You know, it's it's not been planned. It's not been organized. Like, it, you know, every year I say I was going to, you know, particularly last year, I'm like, all right, I'm going to hunt this state, this state, this state, this state. And then COVID happened. It took all my plans and chunked them in a blender and just threw it out. Sure. Well, so I think the main thing is you committed yourself to it and you had a reason to do it and you, you saw it through. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. I love how he's saying everybody pitched in. Yeah, yeah. No, no absolutely. Yeah. The whole turkey hunting community, Neil and I were talking this morning, it's – I, you know, I've made friends – I've made so many friends that are lifelong friends that they may not turkey hunt. But they're like, I've been getting texts all week. Hey, are you in Mississippi yet? Good luck. And like, yeah. you know, I got a friend in Vermont that works at a ski resort. We killed out my Vermont turkey on a ski resort. And, you know, he's just like so tickled. He's like, yeah. man, I really want you to come back after you get done. And it's like, absolutely. And, you know, just I've made friends and, you know, places, you know, Michigan and, you know, the Montana, Wyoming and Colorado and Oregon and California and New Mexico and just, you know, places that – if it weren't for turkey hunting, 
I've gotten to go to places that I, I probably would never go, meet people that I've never met that are, that are going to be lifelong friends. And, uh, you know, the hunting industry is a tight-knit community and turkey hunting is a tight-knit community. And, you know, fortunately, my journey, and it's it's not, it's by no means about the hunt or, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously, I got crazy respect for the, these turkeys that we harvest. And but it's so much more than a trophy picture and saying you did it. There's just... Hey, just I want yeah. relationships that I've made are just incredible. And and your commitment to conservation too, you know, you have been at the forefront of that since very young in your career. I've watched you do it. So and you put your money where your mouth is and you put your time where your mouth is too on the mm-hmm. conservation side That's, of things. No, so, man, absolutely. Yeah, and, you do. You know, National Wild Turkey Federation right now, uh, NWTF needs a lot of help. Yep. Uh, you know, COVID really hit them hard and, um, I serve on the foundation board, and and I really, you know, my goal and in my role and my capacity is to really, really try to get some dollars back to turkey research. It needs yep. to be done, and you know what? This week, this week proves it. There's, I, I, I've, got never issues. Hunt, I've never hunted here in Mississippi before, but I've got a feeling that 10, 15, 20 years ago, the turkey hunting, the turkeys were way better. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, and and to be honest with you, um, you know, this whole. Uh, you know, this whole whole quest of, of shooting turkeys in every state. You know, when I go to a state, man, I'm happy that I've got one here. But, you know, would I feel good coming back to this part of Mississippi and shooting another? Probably not. You know, I, I, I don't think, you know, what I've witnessed the last few days, I, one is definitely enough for me to take this season here. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm from in South Carolina, I've not shot a turkey there this year, and I'm happy if I don't because – you know, I think my, my the places that I hunt, those hunting clubs need a rest. And uh, and it's a, I know, you know, Mike Chamberlain's been on here and we talked yeah. about that personal limits and things like that. And I've, I really, I spent some time with, with Brett Collier and Mike Chamberlain and we talked about this and, you know, talked about persona of, of doing that. And yeah, man, I love traveling all over and I love chasing turkeys and everybody loves shooting them. But you know what, man, I've, I, I've done enough of that. And I, um, I, I really want the next generation to be able to experience it or experience it better than what it is now. And, uh, and turkeys, especially the Eastern wild turkey needs some help. You know, other, the Western, Western turkeys are still doing good, but, uh, but yeah, man, we need to, we need to help out. And, you know, NWTF's on the forefront of that. And, you know, those, the, 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 the wild turkey biologists and state agencies and universities that are doing research, you know, the, the Dr. Brett Collier's, Dr. Mike Chamberlain's of the world, you know, it's going it's to take money to figure out why there's not as many turkeys in many places as there was 20 years ago. And I, yeah, it's a, I, I want the next generation to, um, to be able to experience what, what I've been fortunate to experience my, most of my adult life. Sure. And it's going to take some personal decisions. Yeah. Uh, like, like what you're talking right. about, because these states are so hard to kind of get anything no, changed absolutely. on the state level. So so an individual can say, you know, an individual in Alabama can say, well, you know what, instead of I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with two. Yeah. And, and, and that's what needs to happen. Yeah. yeah I was that's telling someone enough. the other day, too, that, you know, people to, for people to understand that it is a struggle for turkeys and understand that they need to do their part, not just go show up on opening day, kill turkeys, and then leave at, at, at last day of the season and just forget about them. You know, and so – and and I think it's hard in, in TV show form to really inform people. Sometimes they just get a little, you know, they just want to watch something maybe a little more entertaining than a, a teaching lesson. So, but I think that's why I was telling someone the other day it's so important. Like a podcast, like the Gamekeeper podcast, is people are a lot more tuned in. They're willing to listen and learn because they're probably driving down the road. They're not as they're not, you know, they're bored or whatever. But 
I think they would be a lot more in tune to listen to someone like Mike Chamberlain or someone that is that can help them and show them how to help these turkeys because it, it's going to take all however many millions of turkey hunters in the United States. You know, it's going to take more and more and more people to understand that you know if we, if if more people take than give back, then we may not have them in twenty years, and so. I think that's why, you know, people like Mike Chamberlain and, and guys like that on this podcast as guests um, is going to be a really good way to inform people. Absolutely. And critical. And, and, you know, Mike's partner, the other guy, you know, uh, just about every type of research Dr. Mike Chamberlain does through the University of Georgia and through all the several agencies, you know, his right-hand man's Dr. Brett Collier at LSU, um, who's also, you know, one of the renowned and he and I are on a text message thread with another buddy of mine, old fraternity brother of mine from Clemson, Jay Cantrell, who's our uh, assistant uh, deer, bear, and turkey project coordinator. So he's basically a turkey biologist for South Carolina. And I met Brett through Jay, and Brett and I become really good friends. And you know, Brett's, Brett said something to me that is that really stuck as far as turkeys and turkey biology is concerned. Is he said we got most folks in America think about turkeys about two months out of the year. Mm-hmm. We've got to have people thinking about them year round because those turkeys are out there year round. And, you know, whether that's habitat or, you know, whether, you know, what whatever that is, it's a, it's a good statement is, you know, it's like every hunting season. I don't, I don't have white-tailed deer on my mind right now. You know, I'm not thinking about, I'm, I'm in turkey mode. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm personally not thinking about, oh my gosh, where am I going to be hunting in South Carolina on August 15th? What kind of bug am I going to have? But, you know, and people think of the same way about turkeys, and uh, you know, turkeys a turkeys a, is a fragile critter. Um, it takes a lot for them to get from an egg to become what we've got here on this table. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine what that thing's gone through, and it's yeah, and trials it's not, and tribulations. And go ahead, sorry, not one thing you got to do. There's a lot of lots, things that everybody's yeah. got. Yeah. There's there's well, there's no silver bullet right, right now. It's like, what's no wrong with turkeys? Or, I think, yeah, yeah everybody's got an idea that they they think they know what it is, and and I think we need to group all that together and and look at every bit of it, mm-hmm. consider it all. Yeah, yeah like that. People always try to say like, you know, this is the reason. This is the reason. Well. They're all reasons, you know, say if, you know, someone might say, all right, well, trapping coons doesn't really help them that much. It doesn't hurt them. Right. So get out there and trap them. Even if someone tells you that it doesn't really help them that much, if you kill one coon, that coon might eat a nest that year. It may save one nest and that may be 15 turkeys. There may be seven or eight gobblers in that nest. So, I mean, every little thing helps, even if you, if it's a small thing. Yeah, it does. My, We've enjoyed having opinion. Dr. Chamberlain on. I'll it, tell you what, man, he's... I've become a friend of his, and, you know, it's kind of, kind of weird. At one time, Bobby, I, I met Bobby. Um, I think, well, I met Lanny. I was with Avery Outdoors. Yeah, and, a long time ago. Yeah, and then, then I <laughs> utilized my degree and went to work for QDMA, and I was more in charge of fundraising for QDMA, but at the time, QDMA, I think we only had eight employees, so I was one of the two people on staff that had a wildlife biology degree, so mm-hmm. although I'm by no means a certified wildlife biologist, nor am I qualified to say that I'm a wildlife biologist, I'd go to all the short courses and Bobby and I ran in the same circles and things like that. And I never knew Brett, I never knew Mike, but I had just heard his name through mutual friends and mutual friends and mutual friends. And, um, uh, Brett Collier invited me on a, a Neil guy hunt in South Texas with Mike. And I'll tell you what, you know, most professors and things like that are, um, you know, you, you think of them as very brainy and I'll tell you what, man, you get Mike Chamberlain in a hunting camp, First off, when he has a rifle in his hand, a, literally a light switches, and he's serious. He is a serious hunter, 
And then all of us grew up in hunting camps. And you know where you're in hunting camps and the the you know the alpha male in the skinning shed is kind of <laughs> skinning a deer and you get out of the way. That's Mike Chamberlain yeah. in a skinning shed. That's man, awesome I tell you what, he is he can butcher well, I watched him butcher Neil guy down in Texas and like I just backed away. I felt like uh, I didn't know what I was doing in my hand with him because he could. I, he is absolutely legit, and the fact that he's a you know a professor and a you know a doctor, a, a smart little, dude. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I, I tell you what, it's funny. I I can I, I make fun of myself all the time because I'm always talking about turkeys, and most folks I talk to don't have degrees in wildlife biology and haven't researched a turkey like I do, even though they're turkey hunters. And people are constantly asking me turkey biology questions and. Uh, you know, I, I refer to myself as a turkey nerd, and I got down and hung out with Mike Chamberlain and Brett Collier, and first off, I realized I was at no level of turkey nerd <laughs> like they were, and then secondly, I flat out told them, like, guys, I'll be honest with you, I sure enjoyed hanging out this week and appreciate it, but I feel a lot dumber after hanging out with the <laughs> two of y'all because they're just so absolutely educated and intelligent and both those individuals could be that could have been rocket science or you know neurosurgeons or anything it's just their brains think at a way different level than mine does that's for sure Mm. well so is there uh when you think about all that you went through on this quest so there's probably some young guys listening thinking i want to do this is there an advice that you would give them that you've learned Man, lots of advice. Um, it's it's way easier now than it was when I started. You know, it's obviously the internet. Uh, you know, my biggest thing's networking is hey, meeting people, and the internet makes that so much easier to find that. But you know, ultimately, um, you know, my other advice is don't set time limits on this. There's no time and no clock, and it's not a competition. Um, don't get wrapped up in that and being the youngest one to do it or trying to get this many states done in a year or. Don't do that. That takes the fun out. Enjoy it because, yeah. I mean, it's all about people that do this. I'd imagine. I mean, it's obviously for me because I love turkeys and love turkey hunting and love traveling. And I mean, I've, I made my career traveling and enjoy it. And it's just second nature to me. But, you know, enjoy it and don't, uh, you know, don't take it too serious. Enjoy it. And guess what? You're going to if you're if you're if you're turkey hunting long enough, you're going to miss a lot of turkeys. And mm. I like to joke and say that I bet. I have missed turkeys in more states than anybody out there. <laughs> there are, I don't even know, because Neil and Daniel were um, were asking me, they're like, how much money do you think you spent on this? I'm like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a you, good question. Yeah, Bobby's been willing so, to ask that the yeah, whole time. Yeah, I mean, can you ballpark? <sighs> Man, I got no clue. Because we have a guess. A bunch. I, I can tell you what, the, the housing market in Charleston, South Carolina is through the roof right now. And I had to, to buy, I had to move an hour and 20 minutes outside of Charleston to buy my first house that I wanted with a little chunk of land in the middle of nowhere. I would have paid a lot more money for it had I been closer to my office in Charleston. With that being said, if I had not turkey hunting and taken all that money, I would be able to buy the house in Charleston. House, I would say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, obviously I've done some of my hunts have been on public land. Some of my hunts have been with friends. Some of my hunts, I've been a few places that were outfitters. Some of them were on, uh, you know, tribal land that you have to pay. You know, you, you can't go to North Dakota as a non-resident and hunt for free. You have to pay the, uh, you know, the tribe to get the opportunity to go. Um, and so that's that's money involved. But then for me, you know, a lot of the guys that are doing this U.S. Slam don't have to work. You know, they may have a job to where they're, you know, they've got a few months off or, you know, I have some friends that can work for 
two weeks and then take two weeks off and then turkey hunt straight two weeks and they can afford to drive around and make what they call big swings in these states. For me, a lot of this, a lot, I'd say probably three quarters of this U.S. slam was getting on an airplane and I had two or three days to hunt. And if I didn't get it done next year, I was getting back on an airplane and doing two or three days to hunt. So for me, airline flights, hunting licenses, hotels, yeah. The hunting licenses <laughs> at least went to a good cause. Yeah, yeah, the hunting licenses yeah. so, went towards conservation, but but then again, you also have friends, you know, like for example, my buddy Keith Ault and Steven Spurlock. They're known for riding around in their truck and sleeping in sleeping bags. Like a shower. I'm like, I might be one of the more hygienic guys doing a slam. Cause I, hey, remember that, Dudley, when we're yeah. building his profile for the yeah. 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 enjoys the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, the other one sleeps in his truck. Maybe that's why he's not getting any hits. Yeah, right. could be. Uh, I got a trivia question for our wonderful podcast test. While we're on the subject of the 49, there's there's a man out of the 20 or so that have done it. There's a man that's killed the U.S. Super Slam four times, all on public land. Do you know his name? I wish it was me. No, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I really don't. Huh? Crazy enough, we talked to him last night. That's yeah. a serious and he, Apparently, he's about to get his fifth. Where is he from? Let's see. If we're in, Hart, Hart. Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. You want to give him the answer? So, a gentleman by the name of Tom Doc Weddle. He, uh, Heard of him. Yeah, so he, too, yeah. he was relatively unknown until he, he was basically known on some turkey hunt forums. And he wrote a book called, uh, I think, Turkey uh, Turkey Tales and Trails a few years back. And uh, he's a pretty, very interesting guy. I think he's in his uh, he's in his 60s, I believe. And he uh, grew up in Indiana and just fell in love with turkey hunting in the 80s and loved turkey hunting so much, he ended up becoming a carpenter and found a gentleman that would let him take off the months of March, April, and May. And he would work nine months out of the year and turkey hunt the rest of it. Mm. And yeah, so he's done. He's got two books that he, he chronicles. You know, he, he chronicles that, and he's he's kind of now. And and Stephen Spurlock kind of he did a, a documentary on him and kind of made a lot of folks aware of him. And he's an interesting cat. I've never met him. We talked, and crazy enough, we we called. It was funny. You know, Neil said, "Man, who's the first person you want to call?" First person that came to mind was obviously Toxie because of this whole this whole experience that I've had being being invited to come here. And then he called Spurlock out of the blue, and, and Keith Alt was with him, who finished it last year, my friend, and Doc Weddle. They're on their way to Mexico to chase Goulds. But, yeah, they both congratulated me, and Doc had given me encouragement. Other ones that had given me encouragement over the years, yeah, Keith Alt and um, David Ellis is out of Florida. He was the youngest guy to finish it a few years back. And then Jeff Buds uh, had finished it uh, about five years ago, and he killed more Grand Slams than everybody. And they were all very um, – all very helpful and, and very encouraging. Not saying that they give me a couple no. of them would be like if I was struggling to play. I'm like, man, where do I even think to start? You know, and 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 that's another thing with it is uh, you know with this U.S. Slam is I'm sure a lot of people are going to be reaching out to me and I'm, I'm hoping that some of my landowner buddies that word gets out that they don't get bombarded. You know, <laughs> like I got a place that I hunt with that I hunt in Delaware that's absolutely a gold mine and I don't I don't need them bugging my buddies that come there, but. You know, that's part of the whole journey is researching and finding out. And, you know, obviously you got to be somewhat of a decent turkey hunter. I don't think I'm a great turkey hunter by any means. Sometimes I just go enough and sometimes I get lucky and they come <laughs> yeah, across my gun us. barrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes they come across Not my gun year. barrel. But, 
But you got to go. And, uh, and yeah, I, gotta, that's part of it. Yeah, you're not going to kill them with the house. And that, that's part of the research. And there's, I, I know there's guys that have done the, the U.S. Lamb that are way better turkey hunters than I am and walk way more than I do and, you know, put in the extra mile. But, uh, but that's, but, but you did it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm done. So I can hang up the cleats if I want to, so to speak. But, I certainly won't. Like I said, it's uh, it's time to hmm. time to start turkey hunting with friends and family again, and getting back to the whole reason why we're turkey hunting, and that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah. Right. Well, and I I think I think you can really help us on this. We're on a mission to try to make sure that uh, that we do what we can to help with this bird and get the word out and learn what it is that we need to do. And people like Dr. Chamberlain, we want to put some wind underneath their sails or their wings and. And um, and 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 figure figure this thing out because this turkey means way too much to us all. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And you know, we're all here. And I, and I was thinking, you know, I, I serve on NWTF Foundation Board, which we're we're really on a big mission to try to pump dollars into. Uh, and, and also, Toxie sits on the foundation board, and Chris Paradise does as well. And you know, anytime a research project comes up, we whatever dollars we have, it's something that we want to do. And, you know, I got to thinking, I did something on Turkey Telethon last year. Every turkey I killed, I made a pledge to NWTF for $100. I'm going to donate. I'm going to continue to do that for every turkey I harvest. I'm going to give that money just to, for turkey research. I mean, yeah, it's not much. Doesn't make a big difference. And, um, but well, you know, if a lot of people did that, it would, it, it yeah. would be a lot. It's a huge so, difference. Yep. Well, boy, this has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. Fun. yeah. We well, always we kind of look at each other when we're winding these things down and ask, "What do we learn?" This we've learned a lot about how to, uh, where to go, and how to go about doing some of this. But I, I'm just super impressed with your tenacity to to stick to it. And but you're talking about your story about with uh, using your buddy Guthrie's gun that that, that kind of touched cool. me. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you knew Guthrie. Sure um, and he was yeah, quite was a character, guy. and he had a lot of good friends out there, so it was a good tribute to the old boys. So. Actually, uh, right before that happened, he and I were exchanging emails and talking about him helping us with our magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's absolutely. And he was very talented. He was taking away for his time. I'm going to tell you one funny story about that gun getting ready of this trip. It's another kind of surreal story. Guthrie, had uh, he was writing some kind of article for – NRA or whatever, and he was patterning turkey guns, and he used a lead sled, and he had a Mossberg shotgun, ended up cracking the, the stock in the shotgun <laughs> using a lead sled, and he told me, Hart, don't ever shoot your turkey guns out of lead sled, it'll break the damn stock. Well, while we're getting ready for this trip, I said, all right, I got to pattern Guthrie's gun. I'm not going to pattern the turkey gun. I'll use a lead sled. So sure enough, I put that turkey gun in the lead sled, and uh, and I pulled the trigger, and I make this great pattern, and Spurlock's doing a little video. He's like, tell me about this gun. Da, 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 da. And I looked down, and there were two little hairline cracks down the stock. Oh, and no. I guarantee it's Guthrie from somewhere yep. above saying, I told you not to shoot yeah. guns out of the lead. <laughs> Don't shoot my gun out of the So with that being said, it's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that's, he was a cool guy. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I encourage folks that, that have never heard his name to do a little Google search and, Watch some of his old videos and stuff because he's quite the character. Yeah, he really he was. was. Yep. Uh, yep. Great guy. So, look, uh, folks that are maybe listening to this, if they want to follow, follow you on Instagram or Facebook, have you got a handle out there? Yeah, I think, man, let's see. My Instagram, I think it's Jason Bradley Hart. And then uh, yeah, I'm Jason Hart on uh, Facebook. And then, obviously, our brand is, is Nomad Outdoor. And we also – have a little sister fishing company called Hook Performance Fishing too. Yeah, so. y'all make some fantastic mm-hmm. stuff. No doubt sure about it. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. Dudley, do you have anything else you want to ask? No. Or anything a, you need to promote? Awesome story. Yeah. 
Glad you could make it. Yeah, we thank y'all for having me. Slamming that bird on the table was just icing on the cake. Fresh, (laughs) fresh. There's been several turkeys in here, but not when it was the Gamekeeper Studio. Yeah, no, this is. That was totally pro. Yeah, that was (laughs) straight up how it's supposed (laughs) to be done. Well, Neil, I was like, should I bring it in right now? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were taking this turkey. That's complete mossy oak style right there. That's exactly what we want. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things since 35, however many years ago, the company was started. It's always been one of those things like people kill a turkey. You know, if it's during the week, you know, they bring it to the office. And that's since day one, you know, they used What'd to Bob Dixon and dad and Carsey and, and Bill and Uncle Bill, they all used to have, you know, that was just their thing is, you know, they show up to the office with a turkey and hang it on the back door or whatever. So that's right. Following tradition. There we go. And I can't thank the Hayes family enough for making that happen. Yeah. Certainly a special trip to West Point, Mississippi. I never would have dreamed it would end like this and been just as cool as it has been. I well, think it makes the story even more perfect. It does. <laughs> Jason, we're real proud of you. We appreciate yeah, all no, you do to help y'all. the Mossy Oak brand, and you've done a lot. And, no, absolutely. Uh, and so this is a great story. Congratulations on 49. I right. appreciate it, gentlemen. I appreciate y'all having yeah, me. Yeah, so. Neil? Well, my guide of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Finished him up. We need to hook you up with Dudley. Yeah. Dudley <laughs> yeah, I need a lot of help. For, for the record, yeah, Neil Hayes is a turkey hunter. He's got my respect. Yeah. Okay, let's not go too far. All right. I'll see what I can do for Dudley, and then we can go from there. All right. Well, it's been fun. Look, I want to thank Jason Cleveland for helping out. Richie. Look, you put you did a lot of effort to get these mics set up. We really appreciate what appreciate you, you turning that down. frown upside down. Richard. Matt could not get Toxie on the telephone, but we will revisit that because that was a tough ask late in the game. Like we that, do need to get some clarity on that. Yeah, so, so we'll, we, we'll have an answer maybe next week. Yeah. We hope to have Neil and possibly Daniel and, and and on a future podcast here real quick to talk about something that happened last week, and maybe we can revisit that and answer that question. That I know I think, you want to prove me wrong. Yeah, I think I know you, you got do. that wrong. So I think, of course, you think I got it wrong. Yeah, I, I will just as I guess a hint towards that. You know, we did hunt with Tom Kelly and my granddad last week, and I just wanted to, it, something happened when we were with Tom Kelly. It reminded me of Dudley. And we called the first morning, we called two turkeys up, and they were just about gun range. They are gobbling, and he can't hear at all. You know, he's 94 years old. And he just, you know, he's he's just been in the woods his whole life. He loves trees. And those turkeys are like 50 yards away, right under the ridge. And Tom's just looking up and just admiring all the oak trees and looking at this one. And he looked at Daniel sitting next to him. He goes, there's a sweet gum. He looked over here, he goes, that, there is a water oak. Just looking at all the trees. And I said, that's Dudley at 94 years old. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Jason. We appreciate you being here. Thanks to everybody help us put it on. So uh, why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Cleve. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.